This is the Elite Development Podcast, a show with the aim of helping athletes evolve in every element of their careers through real-world advice and experience. I'm your host, Kenny Dussault. I'm a strength and conditioning coach in Calgary, Alberta, with a singular focus on building better athletes. And now, let's get to the episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for coming back for another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. This week, I have Pasco Villana with me. Pasco is hey the founder of the co-founder, sorry, of Elite Goalies Incorporated. He's the author of Building Elite Level Goaltenders and Game Plans. Pasco, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate you doing this. Hey, thanks for reaching out. I'm excited about it. So just to get us started, what I always like to go into is just a little bit about your background. So, you know, can you talk me through, you know, your background in hockey, sort of how the, what led you to where you're at now? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know what? I was I was born in Vancouver. I was raised in Trail. And uh, Trail, I don't know what happened in Trail, but the water must be something that's pretty special because that's where Steve Tambellini came from, Ray Ferrero, Cesar Maniego, all these different wonderful, awesome hockey players in the in the past. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, I, I grew up in a great competitive environment. I was always around guys that uh, that were really good hockey players. So I tried to mimic them and, and, and model them. I'd go into the gym with them and I try to just you know, copy exactly what they were doing. I'd go on the ice and do the exact same thing. So anyway, I was in trail, played uh, played some pretty competitive hockey there and then left and went to Vancouver. Um, ironically, for any of those athletes out there looking to move up, I was at a hockey school at the time. I was the last goalie on the ice and I just happened to be on the ice with another instructor, a uh, player who happened to play for the New Westminster Bruins in the Western Hockey League. And his dad was a scout. So uh, he, he was impressed with what, uh, whatever I fooled him with on the ice and, um, and uh, invited me to the uh, New Westminster Bruins training camp. So I went out there, I made the team, and then Bill Ranford was released from Boston, and, and my cup of coffee was about a, a sip, and I went up and down and up and down and up and down. Um, and uh, I went to a few different places, such as San Diego and Florida. And when I decided to stop playing at 24, I, I said, you know what? I gave everything I could. I had three shutouts in my in my in my tryouts, and I said, I'm only five eight on a hot day. These guys can do this, you know, with no sleep, <laughs> and they're pretty talented athletes, and they're in incredible shape. Um, so I said, when I'm back in Vancouver, I'm just gonna I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna be in good content uh, with what I did. Uh, and then I ran into a person that said, hey, have you ever thought about coaching goaltenders within a week? And I said, I haven't, but I'd love to. So we did that, uh, started coaching goalies. I think our first camp had seven goalies, second camp had eight. And then Vladislav Tretiak came to town. And for those of you who know Vladislav Tretiak, he's one of the greatest goalies of all time, played for the Russian Red Army. And, uh, you know, if you saw the movie Miracle, um, they said, if you ever score on him, keep the puck because it doesn't happen very often. Well, it's true. And he's a pretty brilliant guy. And uh, not only was an incredibly, incredibly fit at his age, he was an incredible goaltender. And uh, we spent two weeks together. And he was a great guy. And uh, he left. And that's one of those things where a guy comes in that's really good, comes in and has a sold out camp with 48 goalies and then leaves and doesn't come back for a long, long time. You tend to inherit, uh, you know, some of the riches that he he's brought to the table. So that kind of gave, gave me a leap start, um, you know, a head start in the, in the goaltending coaching business. Um, and then uh, it moved on from there. I, I, I ran and created a, a goalie school, uh, sold it with another partner of mine. And then I met Mike Valley of the Dallas stars and Mike, uh, incredible guy, coach with Nashville, coach with the Dallas Stars for a decade. And um, he just said, have you ever thought about doing something a little different? And I said, well, I'm not really into the goalie school business. I really want to mentor athletes and make sure that they have the best opportunity to achieve excellence that they possibly can. He goes, good. I'm glad we're thinking the same way. So we put a camp together and um, and uh, we started working together and, and really breaking things down from a, from a macro level to a micro level. And, um, and things really started taking off. Kids started making you know, making advancements and, and uh, the recipe was, you know, was born and that's where I wrote the book and, and things like that. So that's where, that's where I started. I'm just, I guess I'm blessed for whatever reason I've been guided and, you know, down a certain direction and helping athletes uh, was my calling. So I'm excited about that. Well, I mean, I love that just because again, like, you know, just what you said there at the end about, you know, wanting to make sure you're mentoring athletes to give them the best opportunity to achieve success. You know, I think we see a lot of these camps uh, and a lot of these, you know, from my, from my background, we see a lot of these training programs where it's, you know, get a group of uh, as big a group as possible in to all come in together and just kind of do the same workout every day. And that's that, like, it just kind of seems more like a, Hey, we're interested in stealing your money and we don't really care what happens to you after. So it's nice hearing people with the attitude of, you know, no, we're actually in it to 
look at you and to give you the best opportunity that we can give you. So it's, uh, I always love hearing stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. The best part about that process is the fact that it's a process of discovery. I mean, every athlete's is individual's fingerprints. So if you're, I don't know if you, if you sit with a guy and he's, and he's not very flexible, why are you trying to make him more flexible? If he's really, really, really not great at getting flexible, you have to try to help him gain access to flexibility, but at the same time, you have to have a good balance of maybe he can get there in a different way and in a more efficient way that fits his style or fits his fitness or fit in his body a little differently that makes him that, that much more effective. And that's the discovery for coaches like you and I. I mean, that's, that's what I feel. Uh, that's course. the exciting part. I, I don't want to stand there, blow a whistle and have everybody do the same thing. <laughs> you know, I want, to, I want them to explore and do the right things. And, and I think that, that that's what helps them achieve excellence. Man, absolutely. And I mean, you know, it's funny, like I've gone back and forth a lot on those sort of big group programs, even in strength and conditioning, because, you know, on one hand, well, all of the athletes in whatever sport are going to have to, you know, be strong, be fast, be explosive, have all of those qualities. So it's like, could one program have a good effect for every one of those athletes? Yeah, probably. It's like, but also if you take a little bit of a deeper look and, you know, like you said, you're with working with this guy who, really just is not flexible. Yeah. We got to work a little bit on that, but why are we trying to change who that athlete is as a person instead of making that athlete the best, most effective version of themselves instead? Well, I, my God, I agree. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. I think those group sessions are awesome, but they're great for the guys that really, you know, they kind of want to punch a, you know, they want to punch a card and say, you know what, I want to get my fitness done. Um, you can always tell when you're dealing with something who wants to make it more of a pro lifestyle when they say, okay, wait a minute, I know I'm a good goalie or I know I'm a good baseball player or I know I'm a good whatever, but I want to, I want to become the best I possibly can. And, you know, a good example of that would be, you know, I've worked with some really, really high athletes that people would recognize that I'm not going to use their names on that maybe can't, can't do very much on in their RVH or the reverse VH, which is going into the post with their skate on post or whatever. And they can't because they have an ankle injury. So now that the discovery phase comes in, okay, how do I team up with a person that's, you know, a good therapist along with a great fitness trainer um, along with, you know, the tactical response, it's like what part of the language can I spend uh, my time in to be able to bring that athlete to the post as quickly as they can without, you know, aggravating the crap out of their ankle. I mean, and it's just, it's just a process and that process is really important and you need to have a really motivated coach and a really motivated type person in that environment to say, Hey, there's a problem. Let's find a solution together and let's make it happen. And, and as through that process, we can help uh, rehabilitate the ankle. Maybe it comes back fully, maybe it doesn't, but the bottom line is if you've got a response for it and that's really important. Yeah. And I mean, you're getting a better response on the ice, regardless of if the ankle fully comes back or if you can get it back 85% of the way, you know, just taking that extra time, you're getting a better response on the ice by looking at the individual and what they need versus just, well, you're a hockey goalie, hockey goalies need this. So, you know, this is what we're going to do. Oh, absolutely. You know, it was funny. It was, we had a, we, I was on the ice with Alex Ald and, um, and Alex uh, had a, had a client, Eddie Lack in Vancouver here. And we were on the ice with Eddie Lack and he, he had a personal trainer, like a fitness trainer on the ice with him and would remind him when he was getting into a stance, that was less complimentary to his power and his style. So he'd be on the ice, the drills would be going on. Um, we'd be trying to coach a method through the process and, uh, and then his coach would say, Hey, listen, you're, you're doing this and doing that. And then he'd make that conscious decision to, to get back into his style and into his proper, you know, proper stance and his, his ability to respond to the puck effectively. And it was a really neat way to kind of balance that approach between kind of a trilogy of people, you know, it was, it was him, his coach, and then Alex and I, and it was a great kind of working relationship and, and the transition he made from, um, I mean, Alex did a great job, but the transition he made from, from where he was in Vancouver to where he left Vancouver, if you look at the video, it's pretty amazing. You know, if you, you can, you can easily go online and look at the video in Vancouver of, of just his personal play. And then look at the video when he went to Carolina, you can see uh, the differences on how he held himself. And that's all coming down to, you know, a group of people working together that are willing to fade into the backlight and let the athlete be the best in the world. Right. It's not about us, but it is about them. And it was just, amazing to see and it was great to be a part of that process to watch Alex do that with uh, with Eddie well and man it's got to be one of the best parts of that job right I know it is for me when you get to see you know these little changes that you're working on with an athlete that then get to come into play when you're actually getting to you know watch them on tv or watch them when they're in competition and they're actually you know in their element like I know yeah. something I struggle with a lot the 
struggle is probably the wrong word, but something that I know I deal with a lot is, you know, I forget sometimes that it's like in the gym with me, that's my element, but that's not their element. Like they're doing this training to step into competition, you know, for hockey goalies, like they're in with you doing that work so that they can be their best when they're actually in the game. Like this isn't what they're training for. You know what I mean? You know what? I love that. You know, I'm going to write that down today. That's yours tomorrow. It's mine. It's just, you know, it's a great coach to steal from each other. And, but you know, it is true that that is so true. Like, you know, they don't really want to be in there and they want, want to be a fitness guy and be, you know, ripped and shredded unless they're going to the beach to impress someone. You yeah, know, exactly. do they want to go, do they want to go and listen to me for an hour? Like tell them, you know, uh, you know, box control or a proper angular development or whatever. They don't want to, they just want to play really, really well. Exactly. And they understand that the ingredients of getting there, um, you know, you need specialists in each of those areas to make sure that that's, that's amplified and it's, it's phenomenal to see. Really? That's yeah, good. exactly. <laughs> it's always, yeah, it's always my favorite thing. Like the last couple of years, uh, combat sports has been like a huge market that's kind of come up for me. And, you know, it's a, it's the, I don't think I've found anything quite like the feeling of sitting in the crowd and watching an athlete of mine main event, a show with 500 to a thousand people watching and like pay-per-views being sold and all of that. Like it was just, it was a phenomenal feeling being able to sit there and go, man, like everybody's here to see him. And like, I see him three times a week. Like, how cool is that? <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. It really is. You know, when, when, when an athlete emerges through, that's what, I think that's what athletes need to understand is that we're, we're just as excited as you are, uh, you know, as playing, as playing the game at the highest level, we want you to succeed. So I think that, that, uh, you know, we need to find our balance as coaches, but the, the athlete uh, also needs to kind of understand that, Hey, without these, without these key ingredients, physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, you really need to understand that, that, that aspect and be able to bring the best of you out. It's called upgrading. You know, we all upgrade our phones, right? The processors in our phones, we have to upgrade our processor in our head. We have to upgrade the processor uh, in our physical fitness. Like how do we push the limits and, and combat sports? I mean, for me, the U S Navy SEALs is something that I really admire and their discipline and their dedication um, and combat sports. When you talk about guys like Conor McGregor or, or other athletes in that sport, I mean, the best part is actually doing some investigating and finding out what they do. Have you ever seen Conor McGregor when they measured uh, his, his kick speed in relation to his, his punch speed? Oh yeah. And they, they measured the fact that there was very little time between getting punched in the face by him or getting kicked by him. Like that foot's coming up just as fast as his hand. And it just gives you an idea of how unbelievable these athletes are. And they know how to use their body so well that that really is the key. Like they know how, how all the rotation works and they know how to create the torque and the, and the striking power. And it's unbelievable. Now with the soccer, you look at um, uh, what's his name, Ronaldo. I'm not sure if you've ever seen online that he had this contraption put on his head and he's able to um, the the contraption is able to kind of read his pupils of what he looked at as an opponent came over to try to steal the ball. And if any of the, if any of the listeners are on here, you can go on, on YouTube and look it up, but it's a 45 minute, test and they tested Ronaldo when they kick the ball and then they turn off the lights and he's still able to find the ball and pitch black and put it into the net. And then they turn off the lights the moment the ball is kicked and he's still able to find the ball. And then they turn off the lights just as he's approaching the ball, the lights go off. You hear the, you hear the click, you know, of the guy kicking the ball, he still finds the ball and puts it into the net. So it gives you an idea of how these guys mentally, put the dots together of maybe the frames that they're missing or in fitness that they're able to kind of push themselves that much longer. And people don't realize that if you can really control your physical fitness, then you have the ability to control your mental fitness and vice versa. The stronger you are mentally, the more you can push yourself physically. So you need all these, you know, it's just like creating something like uh, you need a needle, you need a thread and you need a design of an outfit. And those are all three different departments and you need them all to work together to create the ultimate outfit. And that ultimate outfit is the, is the, you know, the body that you wear every day. Never mind the stuff you're trying to hide <laughs> from going shopping at whatever <laughs> store you shop at. But I mean, you're wearing your body every single day. So better fire on all cylinders and give you the best opportunity you possibly can. Cause we're all running out of one thing and that's time. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I love just what you're saying there, like that test with Ronaldo. And just like you said, you know, we upgrade our phones, but you know, we've also got to upgrade everything else we've got going on, uh, you know, ourselves as coaches and all the athletes we work with, like, we've always got to be finding that next upgrade, that next step. 
And um, I think that like that brings me into my next question. So, you know, you talked me through a little bit about you know, your process starting out coaching goalies. Can you talk me, talk to me, how did you sort of come up with, you know, these ideas of, again, that holistic approach to the sport and becoming a pro, like, was this just sort of a natural thing from your time playing that you had like that you had in your head or like, how did that evolution kind of happen through your years? You know, I'd like to say that I was absolutely brilliant and really had this idea from the beginning, but it's not, you know, the, the truth is I made a lot of mistakes when I was on the ice. It never is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know I, I made a lot of mistakes on the ice and from those mistakes, I went, well, how do I fix that? And I started looking at those. And more importantly, I started looking at the people or the specimens that you have um, that are coming to you to train and knowing that it's an honor and a privilege to be given the trust to work with the athlete to help shape their game, you really want to spend the time beforehand thinking about what you want to accomplish. So I, I really sat down and through through the art of discovery uh, and being uh, a forever student of the game, a student of what's happening, I just kind of thought, okay, how many different scoring situations are there? Um, you know, actually, let me back up. You know, what is the structure first? Like, how do you stand in the net? What's going to give you access to the puck uh, a lot quicker, a lot faster? Uh, you know, what happens if you use your head to mark the, the crossbar and you use your gloves to mark um, everything a foot off the ice to the crossbar, which is about 48 inches? What if you use a lower portion of the net and you identify what tools are best to use it to give you the type of result you want, which is the type of rebound or puck placement that you want to get out of the area? These, these all played a, a significant role. And then uh, from that process, I joined Hockey Canada, and, and from that, we we created a system that that worked really well, and it was kind of a, a, a kickoff of some of the systems that uh, that I put together for elite goalies, and then what Mike and I used to train a lot of the different um, you know world class athletes with, and the younger guys. They're going to be way they're going to stand on the shoulders of these older guys. So I figured, okay, what do you do standing still, and then what do you do most of the time in hockey? You move. Yeah, you're moving 90% of the time, 95% of the time you're, you're moving to try to find the right position. So how does it look before the save? How does it look during and how does it look after? And then how do you link up how many different plays there are in a game? So you start breaking the D zone up into multiple different net layers. And I went, how do I make it simple? Zone one, two, three, and layer A, B, C, D. Keep it simple. And from that, I, I, I termed it like in zone one, it, it only takes one goaltender to cover that zone. In zone two, it takes two. In zone three, it takes three. So how do you become one goaltender in zone two and one goaltender in zone three? You move out. And how far do you need to move out? So basically what I did was took the macro level and, and brought it down to a micro level and thought, okay, what's going to work? And then from there, I, I worked with athletes and they were the ones that allowed me to have discovery because they're the ones that are inventing the game. They presented me with challenges and, and, and uh, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that. And then from, you know, looking at it, just like you as a, as a, as a coach in the, in the physical arena, how do you, what are different ways to be able to amplify and have the same level of success by maybe doing something a little bit different? So I guess what makes me different is now I've got lots of different things that I can, I can bring a goaltender through or a player through and, and move from there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I love that, that again, like you're not sort of coming in saying like, Hey, this is my method and this is what we do. It's like, if, if something's not working for an individual, we're going to give them something else. Cause like, I find that's, you know, something I think I've mentioned already. Like I find that a lot in the fitness industry and I've had athletes tell me, you know, they've joined other programs before where it was basically like, yeah, we've got 30 guys in a room and then up on the whiteboard, here's the workout for today. Go. And then the coach kind of yeah. goes and sits in his office while everybody goes through the workout and I'm going, right. You know, it's like, like, yeah, you're training, like, yeah, you're working out. Like, are you going to get some results from that for sure? It's like, but yeah. You know, if you've got a lift on there, you got a drill on there that you can't do because of an injury. Like, are you are you getting something else? Are you just pushing through the pain that's probably doing you more damage than good? Like, how much is actually like how much more could this program be helping you than what it is? Right. So it's cool to hear that you're, you know, again, adapting to the athletes as they invent the game for you. And you're not just sort of, you know, sticking to your guns of like, this is my system and that's that's that. Cause I think that's yeah. really the best way to do it. 
Yeah, you know, you got an athlete, they've got challenges, they've got problems, they got things they like, the things that they don't like. So it's our it's our job to find out, okay, what are the things that maybe they do like when they go through it? But I mean, if I if I watch a Rocky, a Rocky movie and I go and copy everything that he's done, I go chase a chicken and run down the street. And you know, I don't know what my heart rate's supposed to be. I don't know if I'm training in my in my proper, you know, cardio training zone. I don't know if I'm training in a, you know, if I'm training to lose fat. I don't know if I'm if I'm actually going way too hard that I'm putting, you know, too much stress on ligaments or, or joints, or maybe I'm aggravating a, a problem that I had before that my coach should help me eliminate. Now I'm just going to aggravate it because I'm just following some system that's on the wall. We can't, I don't, I don't believe that we can do that. I think that if you put in the type of effort where you just look at the wall, then you're, you're part of the generic group that wants to play at a generic level where the game is going to put you in your place. So the game's going to go, okay, you're going to play junior B or and nothing wrong with junior B, but it's not no. the NHL, you yeah. know, or it's going to put you at, at midget, you know, it's going to put you at U18 level where, you know, you're at the, you know, at the very third or fourth level. And at that level, you're just not going to get to where you're going to go. So in order to be a, a peak elite level athlete, then you need to find out how your body ticks and how it responds to exercise and how you make yourself the strongest enterprise you can think of yourself as a business. At least that's what I tell my athletes. This I love is that. A business, I love that. Right. So it's Volana Enterprises. Okay, Volana, what what do you bring to the table? You're short, so you better be fast. Okay, you're short, you better be able to play the puck really well, and you better have your angles brilliant. Or maybe you're a big guy, like uh, we've been on the ice with uh, with Ben Bishop and a few like Jake Allen. They're monsters, but if they move like they're five foot seven, they're not going to spend much time in the frame. So when you spend those that time in that area and you and you work towards customization, I think that that's where you start moving into the elite level. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that's, you know, that's something that I hope any athlete listening to this right now, like rewind about the last few minutes and just listen to that one again. Like the ones who are going to move on and stay at the elite levels are the ones who are customizing the ones who are making sure that they're doing the right things for them. And they're not just checking the box. They're not just going through the motions with training. They're really and truly trying to get the most out of every single session that they do. That's like, I could not have put that better yeah. if I tried. You know, I got a message for them. Hey, if you, you know, if you're going to spend that, you want to, you want to ask yourself the simple question. Do you want to be the best? And if you do want to be the best, there's going to be some things that you don't like to do. It sucks. It's boring or it's not up your alley. Learn to fall in love with the things that you don't like and that you're not good at. If you do that, then you're going to become an unbelievable goaltender. Get that stuff out of the way. Get it so that you can go touch on it and always keep it super sharp and sharpen your axe. But if you think that you're going to get away with just doing the things you love to do, <laughs> you're not going to get there. It's just not going to happen. You yeah, got to make course. sure you fall in love with it. And on that note, actually, so that is something, again, that like I always try to preach with athletes is like those little things, like the one that, you know, we see all the time in strength and conditioning is athletes wanting to just rush through the warm up to get to the workout. And I keep trying to enforce that. It's like, hey, the warm up is part of the workout. Like this isn't just, you know, something you have to do before. It's like, no, from the second you walk in, everything down in that program is part of the workout. And that includes the dynamic stretching at the start. That includes, you know, those drills that are getting you ready for your session. That's all part of it. You know, you, um, you're exactly right. You, you look at things, you look at things like the warm up. It is absolutely a part of the process. If you don't warm up properly, you don't train to the best of your ability during warm. You know, what's really funny um, in Europe, they, that's all a part of that process in North America. That changes. You come out of the car, you get dressed, you go onto the, onto the ice, you take some shots. In Europe, they arrive to the rink. They do a dynamic warm-up. Then from their dynamic warm-up, they go into ball work. And then from their ball work, they go into stretching and flexibility. And then from that stretching and flexibility, they go on the ice and train. And then from there, they do a dynamic cool down. Okay. That is their practice. It's four hours long, right? It's four hours. It's not like arrive to the rink 10 minutes before you're on the ice, get changed, go on the ice, and then leave, and then you're fine. You know, and and, and this is where I think a lot of, um, you know, personal trainers or, or, uh, you know, I don't know if you want to call them fuel specialists or whatever you want to call them, but guys like yourself who are training guys to really play like a Ferrari and not a, and not a Lada, you, you have to be in a position where you're, um, where you're firing on all cylinders and the dynamic warmup is absolutely critical. If you warm up poorly and you injure yourself in your main workout, you've opened the door. Okay. To an opportunity for someone to steal your job. And it's as simple as that. I mean, do you like being on the bench watching someone else win the Stanley Cup? 
do you like being on the bench, you know, where you should have been pitching in that game and watching somebody else. throw the ball that you should have been throwing like, Hey, it's all great. You're immortalized in the sport. People might not remember if you played or not, but you know, and yeah, exactly. it, it doesn't make it less special. It just makes it, God, I wish I was more involved. And the only way to do that, it's, it's in your control. It's in those little things. It's in those little things that you don't necessarily want to do. I love that. And I want to make sure I said it again, though. If you don't warm up properly and you hurt yourself during the main portion of your workout, you're opening up an opportunity for somebody to steal your job. And I think that's like, you know, I always talk to athletes about the importance of the warm up. you know, making sure you're properly prepared for the session, making sure that you're getting, you know, the heart rate up, you're getting the blood pumping through the body, like everything getting you actually ready to train properly. But I mean, right there, that's applying it to them, right? Now you're not just saying, oh, it's important because it makes you feel good. You're saying, hey, it's important because if you don't, you're opening up a possibility for someone to steal your job. Yeah, exactly. Now all of a sudden it's more urgent, right? I love yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, when you're on the ice, uh, or sorry, we whenever we train, we have an academy where the goaltenders go and train before they're 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 actually in the gym before they go on the ice with us, and it, it's great when you're when you go and watch them when the personal trainers are taking over. You have the ability to say, you know, did you open the door today for someone else? I was watching the warm up. Like, did you open the door, or are you ready to take over the number one job and actually can play three, four, five games in a row? And these are so important because you're, you're, you're actually, you know, my daughter's an actress and she trained in New York. If she goes on and trains as a lead character and then she decides to take the night off or whatever it is. And somebody else goes in, that's right. When the, uh, the big producer comes in looking for another actor, you're opening that door for that person to take your job or that other opportunity that really should have been yours. And uh, you know, it's nice to share, but it's also nice to win. And you only have one shot at this movie. (laughs) <laughs> right. We only got one shot. So you might as well make it an Academy Award winner as it is. Right. Well, like, exactly. Why do you want to go? Oh, I should have, could have, would have wanted to. You know, you don't want to should all over yourself. <laughs> you, want, you actually want to make sure that you went. I did everything I possibly could. I was in the best shape of my life. I, I had the best eyes. I had the best fitness. I had the best tactical you know, response. I ran out of time. If you run out of time, that's something that's uncontrollable. But if you're not there because you're not fit, if you're not there because you're not, you know, taking care of your, your, your job or your body mentally, physically, emotionally, and you're not there tactically and technically, you're the one that opens the door to your brain. You're the one that actually flushes out the shit so that you can actually upgrade your processor and be effective in the net. And every, every week you got to find a way to do it. And I think the big tip is just every Sunday, sit down and go, what does my week look like? What is, and it all affects, how am I going to sleep the night before I go in to my, to my training session? How, what am I going to eat? Like, I mean, everybody should get out there. I'm not, I'm not sure what you get your guys to do, but you know, if you don't have any access and you don't have access to, you know, to, to these types of programs, get my fitness pal. It's a free app. Learn how you're eating, learn the type of things that you're putting into your body. What kind of fuel has the additives you need to be effective? Man, it's funny you say that too. I actually just started using my fitness pal uh, yesterday, like I've been, I've always eaten fairly well. Like I always felt like I was pretty good in that respect, but I just started eating it. (laughs) It was shocking. A friend of mine introduced me to it. And, um, you know, she was saying how like, she's been tracking her food for a while. She's, uh, she's actually going to be competing in a bikini competition, like where they all, you know, get up on stage and, uh, yeah, like it's a pretty, it's a pretty incredible sport, but she introduced me to it. And, you know, I, for a while I was sort of thinking, oh man, I eat well. I know, you know, I know I'm good. I don't really need to attract it for one day. I realized that, you know, my calorie goal was 3,200 calories and I was sitting at 23. And like, I, at the end of the day, like I tracked the last meal. I was like, are you kidding me? Like yeah. <laughs> it was, it, it was a shock. So, I mean, that's yeah. definitely something I'm going to be working on with a lot of my guys going forward just to get them like, you know, even if you're not going with a nutritionist, it's like get an idea of what's going into your body. And then you can have an idea of little things you can do just to tweak it to make it that little bit better. Right. Absolutely. You look at, you look at that. And if, even if you go into the nutrient section, like I upgraded the app, I use it myself. When I go to my own fat camp, <laughs> that's my camp for me, uh, not for, not for athletes, but in essence, you look at the, with the nutrients that you're putting into your body and how much sodium and, and if you're drinking enough water, you know, and I was at a, I was at a seminar a little while back uh, with a fitness trainer, uh, a personal trainer and, and um, realized, you know, through Hockey Canada, if you, if you're dehydrated, you know, and you probably know this and you're smiling at me now, but if you're dehydrated, you, you know, you are 10% less effective right away. So if I think about 
okay, if I go on the ice and for every hundred shots, now I'm, I'm, I'm allowing 10 goals solely because I didn't drink water. Like <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> you know? So these are things like, like in, in the athletes that we, we deal with are, are often looking for anything to get the edge. I'm talking any possible thing that will give them the edge that one extra, you know, one extra goal or one extra goal saved per game or one, you know, one extra goal saved every three games will put them into Vezina trophy winning categories. Of course. You know, if you ask me to drink an extra three glasses of water today, guess what they're going to do? They're going to make sure they drink the three. But I think it's so important to recognize the quality of fuel that you're putting into your body, the quality of an exercise program that you are, or that you're taking your body through to make sure that when you're called upon and you need to react in, in a, in, in a, in a millisecond that you want to know that your body can, can respond to it. Well, you know, and I love otherwise what you said. Be fooling. Yeah. <laughs> We're only fooling I mean, ourselves. Of course. And I love what you said too, about the, you know, about the hydrating properly, because again, like I knew that about, you know, being less effective as you're dehydrated, but I think an important thing that I want to reiterate from what you said there is thinking of it in the perspective of a goalie, but anybody listening, if you're not a goalie, think about how this applies to your sport as well. If simply drinking three extra glasses of water a day can get you saving, you know, another 10 out of a hundred shots, you know, now how much better are you looking to your coaches as you move up another level? Right. Yeah. How, fresh, how fresh is your, yeah. How fresh is your brain? You know, how fresh are your eyes now for hitting that ball or playing tennis or, or if you're a, whatever sport that you're in, especially if you're in a combat sport, my God, you know, oh, three minutes of running or you think, oh, three minutes, that's no big deal. Try, run, you know, try running at a, at a pace when someone's chasing you around for three minutes and see if you've got, you know, see if you've got energy left. Like, you, you know, you play, even if you run out and play street hockey, you know, and you, and you're out there and you don't want to come off, but you're looking to come off because yeah, you put three, three minutes four, on the clock, all of a sudden three death. minutes sounds like a long time. <laughs> yeah. Three minutes is three hours. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why the shifts are 35 to 45 seconds. So exactly. you have to think, you know, in your mind, but I was just like, uh, just the simplest things, but you know what? I didn't come to me until I was coaching a really young level when my son was quite young and I'd go out there and I'd pick up his water ball at the end and I'm like, what is how This thing's brand like it's full. And then I'd go to the other guys and I'd lift their, you know, cause we bring out the water bottles for the young kids when I was a younger dad and, and they're all full because the kids don't drink water. So now you got to teach them how to drink water or when to drink water or hydrate them. Some kids would come not, not even eating any breakfast, you know, and they say, do you eat well? Yeah, but I don't eat breakfast cause I don't like breakfast. So the first meal they have is, you know, 12 or 14 hours after they had dinner. Like it's incredible. You got to yeah. remember you're fasting. You know, when you sleep, there's no food going in. So, and there's no water going in. The only thing that's leaving is calories and, uh, you know, and, and everything else. You're starting to get more and more dehydrated. So now you want to go to the gym and compete on an empty stomach, which you can, but if you but don't hydrate. If you're not <laughs> hydrating and you're not eating, you might be able to compete, but you're not going to be able to compete to your best. You're not beating, you're not beating your competition, which is, you know, ultimately you're, you're competing for a job just like anybody else. You know, you're exactly. not always going to get the first job you apply at, but you don't want to, you don't want to start by forgetting everything and, and uh, walking into your interview completely unprepared. Right. Of course. I want to take a quick break here to thank our sponsor, Perfect Sports. These guys never cease to amaze me with their creativity and flavor options for their supplements. Their newest delicious flavor of diesel whey protein isolate is no different. Inspired by the upcoming fall season, Perfect has come out with a limited edition pumpkin spice latte flavored protein. Pumpkin spice latte provides a spicy and savory aromatic taste that can be enjoyed warmed or chilled. Remember, this is a limited edition option, so make sure to get your orders in quickly. Inventory will be going fast. As always, this new limited edition flavor provides you with the same benefits that diesel always does. It is third-party tested for banned substances and is the top quality that protein can be. Check it out now and order yours by heading to www.perfectsports.com and use my code KENNY20, that's K-E-N-N-Y-2-0, for 20% off all your orders. Now, let's get back to the episode. Pasco, the biggest things I'm taking away already is it's just like, it's these little things, but what I love is how you're applying it directly back to the sport, right? Like I think many people in, I know I've been guilty of this myself, but whether it's skills coaches or strength and conditioning or whatever else, you know, they kind of preach from their own perspective. It's like, I, you know, tell athletes, oh, you got to eat well, cause it fuels you. It's like, but 
you're not, you know, they don't go that extra level and say, well, if you're not fueled properly, then your gas tank is going to be, you know, it's like running a car on an empty tank. Like you're right. going to be moving that little bit slower. You're not going to be quite yourself when you're in the third period. And now if that guy over there is fueling himself properly, he's going to be beating you to pucks. He's beating you to pucks. Now you're losing out on a spot on that junior team that you were trying to get to. Now your career you know, is over at 18 instead of having a 10 year career in the pros. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you, you know, I think about if you're going to get a call from someone that you're really, really interested in getting a call from really interested in getting a call from how many times are you going to start charging your phone before that call comes? Are you going to make sure that the ringer's on? You're going to make sure that you can hear it's loud enough. You're going to make sure your Apple watch, if you have one or some sort of dingling watch that you got on your wrist is, is, is linked to your phone. So you don't miss that call. Well, look at those tiny details that you did. You checked to see if your cable worked, you made sure you had enough battery power, all that stuff happens. So you got to look at some of the smallest details that are going to make you get the edge, no matter what it is. Like Brian Elliott, for example, plays for the Flyers. He carries around a roller with him. I mean, every time you see him off the ice, he's got his gear on, his, his workout gear. And he's con- like he's in, he's in the video calls or the video room. He's constantly stretching or loosening up his muscles or rolling out his, his, his quads so that he's able to get the best and the most out of what he has to give on the, uh, on the ice. Maybe that's why he's got a long career. Maybe that's why other teams find him valuable, you know, and they want to acquire him and acquire his services because they know that he can do the job and uh, he can be the old mentor or he can be the, the guy that's ready to go in and steal games. But you have to be able to find the little things that make the biggest differences. And in my, in, in my kind of view of it, it's an off ice bench. I look down the bench, I see your face, right? I go, I've got my physical fitness person. I've got a guy that's going to take care of my, my enterprise, my business physically. And then I look down, I go, oh, I got a tactical and technical guy. Great. Oh, I've got a mental training coach. That's my office bench. And, uh, you know, you need those things in order to be effective. That's, that, those are the things you don't see that Michael Jordan had or, you know, any other person in those sports. They have their office bench. They don't often share a lot of those things, but you know, I was reading a book on, on Michael Jordan. It was like relentless. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but his personal training coach would come over at the end and he'd say, uh, he just walked by Mike while he was on, while he was being interviewed and he'd go five or five thirty. That's all he would say to Michael Jordan and Jordan would go five and that, and they'd go on. And that meant that at five o'clock in the morning, he'd be in the gym ready for his session. And that's it. Just the trainer would just say five or five thirty, boom. And he'd choose the time. And that's, you know, those are the things you don't hear about. You just see the guy that's out there playing the game. You see the end result. You see the show. But what's really happening are the thousands and thousands of minutes and thousands of hours that went into creating, uh, you know, the guy that was cut from his high school basketball team <laughs> and ultimately the best basketball player that ever played. Like, Man, that just gave me goosebumps. I love hearing that. Like just those little things, right? It's like they didn't need a conversation about it. It's just walking by in the middle of an interview, five or five thirty. Yeah, five, five. On they go with the. That was it. No goodbye. Nothing. Just the next day in the gym. He was there. <laughs> you know, it yeah. was pretty amazing. Yeah, you that's know, phenomenal. Like, it leads yeah. me actually really well into the next question for you. Like I mentioned, the goal of this show is really to teach athletes what it takes to create that successful career in sport. You know, what goes into those thousands of hours that you don't see on TV? Because I know in my experience and in experience for coaches everywhere, I'm sure. You know, we see these kids that they pick up a hockey stick and then they just assume that, you know, one day they're going to be just like Connor McDavid. They're going to be lighting up the world and signing $12 million contracts and all of this. But they don't see that Connor McDavid didn't wake up one day and become the guy he is now with that $12 million contract. He worked every day of his life to get to that point, to maximize his potential, to be able to be the guy who is now consistently leading the NHL in scoring. Um, can you talk a little bit, you know, with the guys that you've worked with, I'm, you know, I've heard some pretty high level names already just in this interview, and I know there are more out there. What is it that you find they do that allows them to have these long careers that allows them to, you know, continue to play at the top level while maybe others are falling off before they get there or making it to the top and then falling off early? You know, it's funny that, you know, when you say that, I immediately think of Andrew Hammond, uh, who is a longtime client of mine. He went on that big run in Ottawa and he's he's now still in the National Hockey League playing great. He's just a, an amazing human being. Um, but uh, I remember him saying to me after after Ottawa and the big run, he and uh, and he, then he ran into some injury problems. Um, and he said to me, he goes, I, I knew I knew how hard it was to make the National Hockey League. I knew it. I just didn't realize how easy it was to slip away from it. Mm. 
and how to, how to fight to get back into it. And um, you know, that, that speaks volumes because it also reminds me of when you saw your client go into the, into the, you know, combat sports, start with the end in mind. So think of yourself, if you want to play, like if you're going to play goal, um, you know, what do you want to do in the end? You want to play in the National Hockey League. Okay, well, let's find out exactly what it takes to play at that level. Choose two or three of your favorite people to play at that level and identify some of the traits that make them special. So number one, what are they like physically and what are their habits physically? Do they have a pro lifestyle? And the answer is going to be yes. Okay. So they, they really take care of what they're going to be doing off the ice in the gym. And what are they doing in the gym? They're making sure they have injury prevention. They're making sure they're getting stronger, more flexible. They're making sure that they have access to whatever their body was built to do at the best that it could possibly do. And if you can bring that to your maximum potential, that's phenomenal. What do they do mentally? How strong are they mentally? If they're not able to be really strong in this situation, like what are you doing to get stronger? I, I read this book uh, called um, uh, Score for Life by Jim Fannin. SCORE is an acronym for self-discipline, concentration, optimism, the ability to relax, relaxation and enthusiasm. Okay. And if you violate one of those three things, you lose them all. And it's just a really interesting book that I think any 13 or 14 or 15 year old should read because it compartmentalizes the arenas that you compete in your physical fitness arena, your nutritional arena, your hockey arena, your, are you a good brother or sister? Uh, are you a good son or daughter? Are you a good student? Those are all arenas that you compete in and you have to be able to click um, when you leave one arena and click to be the best version of you when you go into the other arena. So what does that look like? What does that person look like to you? Like, does a person who's the best fit in the, in the best um, uh, physical fitness show up to the gym without a water bottle or show up to the gym without a plan? Uh, do they go over to the weights and do curls? Like, so does a person who wants to go onto the ice, do they show up and all oh, my skates weren't sharp and sorry, I, I didn't check before I left. They don't do that. It, it, it is the details that matter. So when you start off with what you want uh, in the end and you work backwards, it's easy to recognize the things that, that, that you know, your, your stars or what you would want you'd understand what they have. And then you got to work back from that. Which guy do I trust or which gal do I trust to help guide me through that process? You know what I mean? Which yeah. it's not about, and it's, you know, right away to run the opposite direction if it's all about the coach. <laughs> so if the coach is the guy that's like, oh, it's, you know, it's me and the ego is out of, out of control, then, you know, you got to run the opposite direction because it has nothing to do with us, the trainers. It has everything to do with you. Like we can put the recipe out there and guide you through it and yell at you through the process if you want us to yell at you or talk nicely to you or remind you, which is fine. Uh, but you have to do it with, uh, with uh, unbridled enthusiasm and you have to be excited about, I got a session where I'm like, oh, I got oh, to go to work. I got to go on the ice tomorrow or I got to go into the gym tomorrow at five o'clock. I, I got a long day. That's a privilege. Exactly. <laughs> That's a privilege. You got to go. Well, I can't wait. I'm on the gym tomorrow. I'm 1% better than I was yesterday. I'm going to be closer to my goal. You know, yeah. and then you, as long as you work backwards from there and you get the right guidance um, and you do the, you know, there's no skipping any steps, the game will put you in your place. And if you deserve it, you're going to get there. Well, man, I absolutely love that idea. Just what you're talking about, about, you know, working backwards from that end goal, like figuring out, you know, what the guys that you're trying to, replace like you know those guys at the top level that you're trying to be like what are they doing that you're not and start yeah. working back you know that little piece by little piece and then if you can work back and then create that for yourself you know you're putting yourself in the best situation yeah. i mean i was blessed i was around yeah, mike, mike valley david alexander thomas magnuson those guys and when we had an nhl camp in madison wisconsin we had the guys like kari letton and brian elliott we had um we had jake allen we had uh uh we had Ben Bishop and, and the list goes on and on and on. Andrew Hammond, when you have them all on the ice, there's $47 million worth of goalies on the ice. And you're looking around going, Oh my God, this is incredible. Like, you know, I remember Mike and I looking at each other, can you believe this? It's like $47 million worth of goalies on the ice. These guys are all trying to keep the people that are coming up from the bottom from taking their job. <laughs> they, they got one of the top 32 jobs in the world, you know, where you could argue 64, yeah. And yeah. you got millions of people trying to steal your one of 
64 jobs, <laughs> you know? So they're always looking for the edge and they're always trying to distance themselves from other people. And, you know, you look at goalies from the 1970s and you look at Vasilevsky today, like there's a massive difference physically, uh, mentally, emotionally, tactically, technically than, than there was in the 1970s. Well, and what I love about that too, just the way you put that is, you know, these guys in the top 64 jobs in the world, and they're always looking for the edge to, you know, keep themselves above. But I think to even go beyond that, right. It's like, if you are one of those millions coming up right now, and you're after one of those top 64 jobs in the world, you've got to be looking for the edge to get past them. You know, what edge are they finding that you also need to find to make sure that they're not staying ahead of you. And then when you come onto that team, you're beating out Ben Bishop or, you know, Jake Allen or any of these other guys, because like that is the business, right? It's like, as much as, you know, you want to see each other succeed, you want to see yourself succeed too. And especially in a position as like a goalie in the national hockey league, there are 64 of them. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you want to be one of them, like you've got to be a pretty special athlete. So why not start at 13, 14, 15, getting these habits in place, you know, learning how to hydrate yourself properly, fuel yourself properly, sleep, train, all of these things now. So that by the time you hit 18 and that NHL draft comes around, you've been doing all of this stuff for three, four, five years longer than everybody else that you're going up against. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, you, you might start maybe getting serious about playing hockey at, you know, what, seven years old or eight years old. You go, I want to be an NHL hockey player. You only have 10 years before draft. <laughs> so you start thinking when you're eight, yeah, you have time, but eventually there comes a time where there's not a lot of time and you start running out of time, but you know, everyone says, you got lots of time, you got lots of time. And then you approach the top of the mountain and you go, Oh, oh you got no too time. late. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what happened? I thought I had time. You, get, you don't, it's you, you reach the pinnacle or the apex of the mountain. And then you, you realize, Oh my God, I don't have a lot of time. So, you know, the, the time that you have with your personal trainer, you know, the time you have analyzing what you're putting into your body, the time you have with your technical tactical coaches, those things are so critical and so important, you know, because you don't have time to go back and redo those sessions over and over again. And, uh, you know, when you're talking about those guys on the ice, they'll talk, you know, once you've earned the right to speak with them and make an adjustment in their game, then they, uh, they, they respond to open up to a lot of different things. And, and if you show them something that could be valuable or that they're using in a game, or I always find it really cool when you can sit up there and watch the game and you can narrate the types of moves or responses they're going to have while you're sitting in the stands and they're doing it. That's when you know you're truly connected to the athlete and you know that the work is really, you know, is really come to fruition, which is what I really think is amazing. Man, I absolutely love that. I couldn't agree more. Like, it's just, it's the, it's the coolest feeling being able to sit back and just watch, you know, watch your work pay off. Right. Like obviously, you know, any one of the coaches, like you said, it's like, it's not, it's not all about us, but like, it's, it's always a special feeling, you know, being able to feel that excitement, feel that. Like, I know for me with my, with my, uh, with my fighters, the last couple of guys that fought, like, you know, it was on a pay-per-view card. So I was sitting in my gym with a few, uh, with a few friends watching these guys come out and like seeing the walkout happen. Like just, you know, when the camera flashed onto him, you know, he's got his hood up and he's walking out to the cage. Like it just like my, you know, my, my stomach dropped. I was like, Oh my God, like this is actually happening. Like the guy that we've been <laughs> preparing for the last eight weeks is actually about to step in the cage and go fight. Like it was, yeah the most phenomenal feeling ever. So like, it's, it's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's, that it's is one so, of the best for sure. I mean, that's, that's so cool. That's got to make you charge like crazy. And, and you know, there's, and there's two things that you think about when, when they come out is I hope I gave them everything that I had to give uh, so that they're the most prepared. And I think that that, that becomes critical. Sorry, I'm kill Kujo here, but um, Don't worry. <laughs> so, you know, and I hope I did everything. And then on the other hand, you look at them and go, they're more than prepared because I did everything I possibly could. So the pressure's on us too as trainers. But I think that there's two things that, that really affect young athletes today. And um, it, it's absolutely critical. Number one is remembering that there is no finish line. Everybody thinks they're going to get into one. the best shape that they can and they get there that it is a, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's a constant, you don't just get there and now you've achieved it. It's something that you've got to continue to do because your body changes. And I'll give you an example, like someone like Jonathan quick, he plays a certain style, a certain way. It's very acrobatic and he's, he's really demands a high level of pressure and strength from his body when he's responding into the, into these games. And as he gets older, is that type of play sustainable? you know what? I trust Billy Ranford. I trust that what they've got going on there. And I trust Jonathan quick because of the way, you know, he's a type of 
physical specimen that's going to recognize that he has to make those small adjustments to be able to be effective. We got a goaltender that plays with him. Um, that's the opposite handed version of him, yeah, you know, and uh, you look at Cal Peterson, he is the splitting image of Jonathan quick, you know, super energetic, super fit, but these guys are so like, they carry around their own lunch kits and everything's measured out. They know exactly how many calories to eat. They know how much rest they need. Like these guys are real, they're, they're pro lifestyles and that's what you got to do. The second thing is get rid of vitamin E. And I'm not talking about the vitamin itself. I'm talking about the poison that you put into your body and that's, the sense of entitlement. Um, Thank if you. Think you. That you're going to get you. there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if you think you're going to get there just because you work out, guess what? Everybody else works out. If you think you're going to that you deserve it because you've put time in, everybody's put time in. Okay, you've got to be willing to do more than what anybody else is willing to do, and you got to be able to do it better and in a shorter amount of time. So um, those two things are killers to me. They're they're absolute. Uh, diseases in today's world that, you know, you cannot be, you're not entitled. You need to be appreciative. You need to uh, respect the fact that it's a process. If you notice one thing that's really interesting is that you look at someone like uh, not to use Conor McGregor, but I use him at times because he was broke, completely yeah. broke. He was a plumber. Like he was a nobody taking welfare checks. <clears throat> exactly. And he found a, a luckily he was able to find a, uh, a woman that, uh, that, that believed in him and supported him and allowed him to chase his dream enough to be able to go and do it. But the reason why they, they, they're where they are and they, they keep pushing as hard as they possibly can to stay on top uh, is because, you know, they've been there before. They know what it's like to not have anything. And, uh, you know, in today's world, we, we're blessed. We got access to a lot of things. I mean, I, I never had a phone until I was 25 or 26 years old. And now kids are walking around with cell phones at eight. Yeah, you I know, think I was 16, the first, yeah. first phone I had. You know, the only people that had phones were real estate agents, you know, and lawyers. But, yeah. you know, now everyone's got a phone. I mean, we're so entitled. Um, so the big thing is, is really important to get back to get a humble again and, and really understand that, I, you know, you got a lot of work to do, a short amount of time to do it. And the only thing you don't have control is time. And I truly believe that. Yeah, man. I mean, I couldn't agree more. You know, it is funny looking at the way of the world, you know, like you can – anything you can have anything in an instant right like you want you want something go on your phone without leaving your couch you can go on your phone go on to amazon order whatever you want in the world and have it show up at your doorstep the next day right right, right. and so it's like that kind of gets into people's heads of like well like i showed up so why didn't i get a spot on the team it's yeah. like well you know sports don't sports don't work that way no like, no. You know, everyone's going to show up. They only have 16 spots or they only have 23 spots or they only have, you know, however many, it's like, you got to be in that top. You got to be in that top tier. If you're going to have a chance, if you're just doing what everybody else is doing, well, there's probably going to be 23 guys on the, in those tryouts that are doing a little bit more. And those are the ones who are going to get the spots. Plain and simple. Yeah. Knowing the time that we spent together, it's just, I, I, I can definitely understand that you, you take pride in, in making sure that your athletes are prepared. And uh, when you, when you start looking at things like that, you got to understand that if you're going into a combat sport, for example, or you're going to go, or tonight when, or tomorrow night, when Carrie and Carrie Price and, and Vasilevsky go against each other, you can't expect your opponent to, Oh, he's going to make mistakes. <laughs> like you can't go into a combat sport fight and go, Oh yeah, well, you know, they're going to make some mistakes here. You have to expect that your opponent's going to be perfect. <laughs> and if you're not perfect, they're going to kick your ass period. Exactly. So don't, don't go in hoping, Oh, I know that goalie from last year. I know that pitcher from last year. You know, he's very inconsistent. You have no idea what he or she has done in the off season. You know, you have no idea. Like in the, in the Ontario or Quebec major junior league, you know, or Ontario hockey league, a female was drafted in the Ontario hockey. League. Listen, I train a lot of female athletes and I've had the pleasure to work with some like, uh, like Shannon Zabados and Emirates Mashmeyer and, uh, you know, Jindiv Lacasse and a lot of these different goaltenders that other goalie coaches have also worked with. But, you know, you start working with them. You realize that women, they work their asses off <laughs> They and they listen. And there's not uh, there's not a lot of ego to smash through to, to you get to some honesty. Like they, you know, they're going to expect you to, to treat them like a professional. And frankly, they deserve to be treated like a professional. And, and the, the challenges for the guys is that they listen and that they apply right away. There's no, like, I'm scared to show you my weakness. I don't want to talk to you, about what I, what I'm, you know, not sure of these, these women will go for it. They want to learn. And that's why you're seeing a lot of people starting to surge and, and, and do some pretty amazing things and congratulate to the young lady that was drafted in the, in, into that level. But there's, there's players all over the place that, 
you know, that, that will adopt that same theory. You don't have to be a female to do it. <laughs> you don't have to be a woman to do it. You just have to be someone that's willing to, um, you know, fillet themselves open and be the true you and, and, and make it happen. Because if you do that, you're going to get there faster and you're not going to waste a lot of time. You've, you've actually stolen time back. Well, I, I love that, man. I love that because like, you know, something that I know I was guilty of early in my own coaching career. And, you know, we talked earlier about how like, you know, wish we could say that we were just perfect right, right from the jump, but you know, that's just not the case. It's not reality. One of the things I know I was very guilty of was always feeling like I needed to have all the answers. Right. So it's like, if an athlete asked me about a certain exercise or like something that, you know, their buddy does in training with their other, like this other coach, I always felt like I had to know exactly what it was, exactly how it worked and exactly why they did it. Or I had to know exactly why it was the wrong thing to do and how my thing was better. And that was that, you know, I had to be the best. And then I realized <laughs> that that's so stupid. Like it is, you know, you're going to keep learning. You're going to keep getting better, but man, like you're never going to know everything. And the more and more I started following these higher level coaches in strength and conditioning that, you know, I aspire to, be similar to one day and have a similar sort of, you know, reach and output within the world of elite performance sport. I realized that these guys that I follow would talk openly about the things they didn't know. And they'd talk openly about like, you know, I was doing X, Y, and Z with an athlete. And then I had somebody talk to me about, you know, this other method that I hadn't heard of before. And like, wow, what a game changer. And I'm going, man, like if, Brett Bartholomew has things to learn. If Phil DeRue has things to learn, if, you know, these guys all have things to learn, why the hell would I think that I don't have anything to learn? And then it just started kicking me into gear going, you know what? Like, no, understand that, you know, I know my stuff, but there's always more to learn and there's no shame in not having the answer. You're hundred percent right. Like we all, we all will just bucket ourselves in the same thing, but we all fall into that same problem. We get really, really good at teaching what we really, what we know. And uh, we, we are scared to break outside of that. And, And it's true. Like, you know, when I, when I moved over and started meeting guys like Mike and Dave Alexander and Thomas Magnuson and, and Hanu Nykvist. And, and then on top of that, you know, uh, working with them as they put together network goaltending and meeting 150 other goaltending coaches from around the world, you start meeting different guys that think alike and you start realizing, that, yeah, there's 150 goalie coaches that are there, uh, you know, at this, at this goaltending seminar. Um, but how many other goaltending coaches really aren't there and shouldn't, you know, that, that just don't go to those things. That should be there. Absolutely. And they're, and they're all, and these are like nine NHL goalie coaches were there um, that represented some big uh, organizations in the national hockey league. And why are they there? Because they don't teach goaltenders, uh, a bunch of goaltenders, the younger goaltenders where you're actually going to learn how to have a variety of different you're going to learn from them how to be different and, and try to comp- explain things in a different way. Um, so they attend those things to come up with, well, what is the RVH and how many different ways are there to play it? And you know, these are all just different terms, but how many different ways are there, are there to be, do a curl? How many different ways are there to make sure that you run your cardiovascular fitness at a level that you're going to, you're going to improve your VO2 max, like figure those things out and, and get excited. And I find that the guys that are the most thirsty for knowledge and that they realize that, hey, it's a, it's a discovery. This whole thing in our life of ours is all about discovery. And the more information we can put together uh, with the help of others, the better. And they say the best coaches are the best thieves because they, they steal ideas from each other and, and go from there. I know that I love to learn from other, other people, no matter who they are, whether they're goalie coaches or people like yourself, who's a physical coach or a skills coach in the NHL. Um, but at the same time, I'm also one of those guys that likes to, um, you know, really kind of say, okay, what do I suck at and what do I want to get better at? And, and really take the time to kind of learn something a little different. I think it's really important to keep, stay fresh, man, of course. And I mean, I think that just speaks to, you know, the success that your company's had already, you know, the work that you've done with obviously these high, high, high level goalies, you know, quite a number of the top 64 of them in the world. And like, It really is just that the same way as we always talk to our athletes, right? About you've always got to be learning something new. You've always got to be improving. You always got to find that next little edge. You know, how could we say that to them if we're not doing the same thing? Exactly. Exactly. It's because we want to be, we want to be Yoda. We, you know, we want to be, you know, the, the uh, Yogi master, you know, but the bottom line is the fact that the reason why we're good at what we do is because we're continue to learn, learn the things that we do. And we're actually not ever going to arrive. I mean, there's always more to learn. So we've been spending a lot of time in, in, uh, you know, in the areas of like meditation and clearing your mind and people don't realize that we spend so much time in the future and so much time in the past that we barely spend time living in the 
you know, in the present. Yeah. And that's another thing too. Like you're playing a game. Oh, we only have 10 minutes left. Okay. Well, that last goal bugged me. Well, what's happening in this very second yeah. right now? Like, it's are like you that living there? That last goal bugged you. That last goal bugged you, but that last goal has gone. It went in. So like, yeah. get over it. What's going on now? <laughs> yeah. Unless we figure out how to get back there and change it. Like you now better move be forward. Cool. <laughs> yeah. It would be awesome. God, be, we'd be, we'd all be very rich because we would oh, yeah. be able to select who's going to win. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's so important. It's, it's so important as an athlete. So important as a coach to stay open and keep your brain open. And, and sometimes you're going to have to let some things go that are, that, that are, um, you know, old school. And sometimes you're going to, you're, you're going to have to recognize when your pendulum swinging uh, Thomas Magnuson calls you and something new comes in, everybody starts swinging the complete opposite way and starts all spending all their time in that area. Hey, there's certain things that haven't changed. And I, so I talk about this all the time, which is really funny that we're sitting here talking this, but what hasn't changed in the fitness world? What hasn't changed? You still have oh, to go to the gym. You still have to sense. exercise. You still have to, you know, you still have to do all the things that you normally do. Like you, there is no shortcut. I, you know, we've been alive for a number of years. Have they come up with a pill that makes you fit? No. Have they Not come that up I've heard with, of. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I wish, you know, you know, maybe you don't want to know if they've come up with one. Yeah. I was going to say, let's you know, keep they, that secret if we can. Yeah. <laughs> keep it quiet. Yeah. The fountain of youth and the, uh, you know, incredible fitness. No. The bottom, there, there's a reason why athletes, you know, venture into the world of, of you know, illegal, um, you know, fitness items. You're not going to, you're not going to get a better body no matter what you decide to take um, because you still have to do the work no matter what happens. So the biggest exactly. thing is stay clean, make sure that your fuel is awesome and do the work. It sucks sometimes, do it until you fall in love with it, you know, and then when you do that, there's nothing better than walking in and, and knowing, uh, I remember Mike Babcock saying this, he said, um, confidence he goes who gives you confidence and he goes well not me he goes no who gives you confidence and because he was getting criticized about an athlete you know, that he wasn't playing and he goes you know who gives you confidence you give yourself confidence knowing that you did the work if you do the work before the exam you're not freaking out when you go to the exam if you studied and you did the work you go to the exam that's the best part that's the part where you can show off and that you know all this thing and the test didn't beat you you know so if you want if you want to you know be the one that we select to play in the key critical positions, do your job, you know, just do your job. And that's you know, the thing, right. Is reframing that for athletes that your job <laughs> is not, you know, between buzzer to buzzer in the game, your job is every minute of every day leading up to that game as well. And right, if you're right. not doing that part of your job, don't expect to be allowed to do the part of your job you want to do. Yeah. It's like, Hey, you know what, when do you play next? You should be saying tomorrow at 5am or, or tomorrow at eight o'clock. What's what, you got a game tomorrow? No, 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 no. I've got my fitness tomorrow. I've got my, you know, nutritional planning tomorrow. I've got this going on tomorrow and having a nice balance to your life on top of it is another struggle that a lot of athletes have. It's all hockey or it's all fitness or nothing. Hey, you know, you also got to think about, you know, some of the other balances in your life. Cause if something goes Absolutely. wrong and you get injured, you know, now, now everything in your life is hinged on one thing and you gotta, you gotta be balanced. Man, absolutely. Well, Pasco, I can't thank you enough for this interview. Like I oh, think there's so blast. many things, so many things that we just clicked so well on. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm really excited already to, you know, go back and re-listen, but also to do a round two with you at some point and talk a little deeper about your book and everything else that you've been, that you've been up to. But for now, keeping that goal of the show in mind of, you know, what it takes to create long-term success in sport, showing athletes, you know, what they could be doing now to help them achieve those dreams, those goals that they set for themselves. Do you feel like there's anything we missed? Anything that you'd want to touch on a little bit more? Well, I just think, you know, especially when you th think about things in COVID and we had brief conversations about that before when you have COVID-19 or you have other things that come down the line. The bottom line is, is that it's, it's more about asking your question, well, what can I do? Don't go through the list of what you can't do, but what can I do to take advantage of, of this? Oh, all the rinks are closed. I can't do any hockey. No, no, you you can, because you can get more fit. You can get mentally fit, physically fit. You can learn more about your nutrition. You can spend more time in the mental game learning, you know, the IQ of the sport. You can spend more time understanding what, what coaches want or expect from you. Those are all things that you never have time to do, but COVID gifted you that time. Now you've got plenty of time to do that stuff. Exactly. exactly. So those of you who've sat by and, and used that as an excuse, you just use it as an excuse to fail in a certain area. 
Now someone else has said, you know, I'm going to read some books and I'm going to try to understand something different, or I'm going to learn about different coaches, or I'm going to try to understand about uh, the hockey IQ or baseball IQ or combat sports IQ. You got to learn, uh, take the opportunity to find out what can I do in this moment that's going to make a big difference. But other than that, I think, it, and I don't even look at this as an interview. I think it was a great conversation about uh, a mutually beneficial um, thing and more beneficially to the listeners that are out there because you know, God, you get to pick the brains of some people out there and we get to pick your brains and together we're going to create an incredible opportunity for athletes to, to achieve excellence and get to the highest levels. Absolutely, man. I couldn't agree more. I think like, you know, talks like this are just, they're so valuable to, to me, even like doing this show has really transformed how I approach coaching day to day. And I know I've been getting feedback, you know, in the beginning, it was kind of, friends and family kind of just reaching out being like, Oh, I really liked that interview with, you know, this guy or that guy. Like that was cool. How they said, you know, this little thing that I liked. Whereas like now that range is starting to kind of get wider and wider. Like I've gotten some messages on Instagram from people I've never spoken to before or people that I've never that's met saying, cool. man, I, you know, I love this interview here. And like, that's really going to change how I approach, you know, my skills training in sport and, it's like, it's shocking to me. It's like, I started this cause it was fun. And it's like to see it actually like start to hit so many more people and have people actually listening to, you know, these people I've been able to bring on and really change their approach to training and their approach to sport has been like, it's been humbling, but it's been so amazing to start seeing that happening. I love your approach and I can't wait to add your podcast to, to uh, the, the, uh, you know, the, the podcasts that I listen to. I think it's great. I'm uh, not an expert, although I used to be a trainer a long time ago when I was in school, I am so out of the expertise that you have now that, that uh, you know, this is a great asset for me as a, as a coach to continue to learn every week from the guests that you have and from yourself. And uh, it'll be great to transfer that knowledge uh, and, and encourage my athletes to listen to you guys as well. So thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate that so much. Absolutely. Let's change lives, buddy. Absolutely. Have a great rest of the day. Everybody else listening, this has been the Elite Development Podcast with Pasco Villana and Can You Do So? Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I would greatly appreciate if you subscribed and left a review for the show. As well, I would love to hear what your biggest takeaways were from the episode. My contact info is linked below. Send me a message and let me know what you thought. As always, I'm your host, Kenny Dusso. Thank you again, and see you next time.